Royal Strong and True Nation. We're back. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Royal Strong and True Podcast. Jared and I are together again to deliver a absolute hot pile of nonsense to your ears through this podcast. This is the Royal Strong and True Podcast. We are going to take sports way too seriously. Join us as we talk about BYU men's basketball, as we talk about college bowl season and the fact that BYU is not in it and what that implies for BYU going forward. Make sure you are following us on Instagram and Twitter at Loyal to Royal Pod, where you'll find lots of fun and interactive content. One of those things you will find is our Capital One Bowl Mania group. The stakes are high this year. If you win the Capital Bowl Mania group, Jared and I will send you a t-shirt and a hat of random teams that have won a bowl game. Will they be the same? Will they be different? Nobody knows, but you'll be getting a free t-shirt and a free hat. All you got to do is make free picks on Capital One Bowl Mania. You'll find the link to that on our Instagram and Twitter and in our bios and the link tree. It'll be that top link. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. Let's let's uh, start up this nonsense. Let's boo. Go Tigers. But that field judge on the far side is in their pocket, man. Go for your death strike! Let's back this bowler. Let's go, Wild Let's go. Let's go. 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 We're at a waterfall, dude. Oh, and welcome back welcome welcome to the podcast the best podcast in the land it's a podcast it's the best one and the best one and the best that was great that was a good that was one. that was beautiful yeah mm-hmm. you know the new uh the new hymn book that the church is releasing oh yeah that, that, was, that was a little bit of a preview oh yeah definitely gonna be in there in <laughs> number uh 420 or 69 or something um <laughs> anyway uh welcome back uh we're both back again we're here yeah I, I know it's been a while. Justin's been on the grind. Uh, we applaud him for his efforts in doing so. Uh, but yeah, thank I'm you. Back. Thank you. You know, I, I've tried to keep the ship afloat. Um, instead, I think I might have poked a few more holes, but um, that might just make us more hydrodynamic. We're, I'm, <laughs> we're turning this thing into a submarine, right? Or, yes. you know, we, we're not, we might not be floating anymore, but we're moving. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the the Jack Sparrow meme, Pirates of the Caribbean. Exactly. We're, we're still captains. You know what it felt like? You know that I I don't I don't remember the character names in Pirates of the Caribbean, but like the the captain of that ship, like when his ship is getting blown to bits and he's just like <laughs> calmly walking down the stairs. Yes. You know that, that that's kind of what it felt like, like recording and like talking to myself. It felt <laughs> like it was just a giant dumpster fire going on, and I was just like, like, like I. Here I am. I'm doing my best, but you know, for the people listening, they just have to listen to me rant for 45 minutes. You know? <laughs> it was fantastic stuff. Absolutely beautiful. Two thumbs up for Justin. Um, Thank you. But we are back, and we do have to do a little bit of roughhousing. Um, 
let's hop right into it. I mean, first off the dock, we got to talk about our listeners, man. We love our listeners. You guys are the best. Heck yeah. And there's no better way to do it than our Spotify wrapped came out. Um, it's a little bit of a misrepresentation of our listener base, given that only like 15% of our listeners listen on Spotify, but of you 15%, we want to thank you. Um, I went through our Spotify wrapping and came out with a, uh, few, uh, little, uh, tidbits that are a little bit fun, fun fact. Um, some nuggets, some nugs, some nugs, some nugs. Um, my top three nugs. Uh, 50% of our listeners on Spotify were new to the show in 2023. Wow. All right. Growth. Um, we are a top 10 podcast for 13 fans. Um, I don't know what that stat means because if you listen to more than 10 podcasts on a weekly basis, I think you might need (laughs) serious help. Um, like unless you're like on a road trip, like there is no, there is no excuse for you to listen to 10 separate podcasts, like 10 episodes. <laughs> yeah, sure. I can get that 10 separate, but no, that, that's, nah, nah, yeah, that's, that's too much, bro. Five is a more believable number. Uh, we're top five for 10 fans. Okay. And for three fans, we are their number one, most listened to podcast. Yes. So yeah, that's awesome guys. Like, thanks for listening to us. Like Jared can attest when we started this thing. A couple of years ago, we we were we were not expecting any more listeners than, you know, an, an occasional listen from our wives and our family, you know. But uh, here we are. We're like talking to like I'm talking to people I don't even know right now on the internet. <laughs> like w- those informational videos from when I was in elementary school would be scared to death of what I'm doing right now. I'm just like <laughs> talking to strangers on the internet with like no one responding. It's, love you guys. But Royal Strong and True. Forever. We love you guys. Uh, huge shout out. So grateful for you guys. Um, you guys have been loyal with us. We love all the engagement uh, on social media. We love the engagement everywhere. Um, and we have some new things for you this bowl season. Obviously, we've posted it on the Instagram story. We'll do it again basically every day until bowls start and then probably afterwards too. Um, but oh, we're yeah. doing a Capital One Bowl Mania group. Uh, it is on ESPN, so you just go in. You can log in. Um, I think you're doing guest account too, but just fill out your bowl pick. Super easy. We're just doing the standard ones. Just pick the winners of all the games, submit it, join the group Royal Strong and True. Uh, Royal Strong and against True. Us. And guess what? The winner gets a prize. What is the prize? <laughs> the prize is going to be a T-shirt and a hat graciously mm-hmm. provided by the two of us mm-hmm. uh, of a random team that wins a bowl game. So at the end of the bowl season, we're going to take all the teams that won, put them in a hat, and we're going to draw out one random team and the winner will get a t-shirt and a hat from that random team. Oh, heck yeah. And it's going to be awesome. Like you could have a Marshall hat at the end of this. You could have an Arizona hat and Oklahoma hat. Well, I don't know. You, you could have, you could have a five and seven Minnesota Gophers hat. If they win a bowl, like you, you could have any of these things or who knows, maybe, maybe we'll mix it up and we'll, we'll draw two different names for a, a different shirt and a different hat. So, okay. You, that you, I think we're going with that now. You're going, we're going wild. We're going crazy here. And like, this is like the biggest prize we've ever given away on this podcast. The biggest prize prior to this was a box of Cheez-Its. So um, this is a big deal. It's a big step for us. We want you guys to participate. As of right now, we've got four people in uh, the group. 
Heck which yeah. is uh, Jared and I and two other people that uh, I actually don't know. So uh, <laughs> shout out to those other two people that joined. Like Jared said, we will be spamming Instagram and Twitter with the entry link. You can look us up on Capital One Bowl Mania, Royal Strong and True. You can click the link that we're posting on our stories, or you could also click the link, um, the link tree that is in all of our social media's bios. There is also a link to it on there. Yep. Um, and just to clarify, Royal, comma, Strong, comma, Ampersand, True. I think there might be one that has the A-N-D. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, just look for the group that has me and Justin in it, and you know you're in the right place. Um, also, I, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but anyway, yeah, so join that. Um, also on social media during bowl season, we're going to have a lot of fun stuff. We're going to post about our favorite bowl matchups. Uh, we've been playing through the games on our NCAA football video games. Uh, we'll post some stuff about that. Uh, we'll keep you engaged. We're going to do like a little tipsy 10-ish uh, kind of style um, like picks every day that there are bowl games. And we'll keep track of it. And we have a little standings graphic with little faces. to. Uh, it, it, it's going to be fun. So make sure you're following us. Um, make sure that the Instagram algorithm like lets you see our stories because sometimes it uh -huh. just hides it. I don't really, I don't know how social media works these days, but nope. yeah, just come and be engaged. Look out for us. So uh, it'd be, be really fun if you guys could uh, engage with us and uh, it's going to be a fun bowl season. We're going to make it fun. Being an idiot by yourself is not fun. <laughs> Being an idiot together is fun. Oh and yeah. We can do this together. We can be dumb together. It'll be a blast. It is absolutely going to be a blast. Um, yeah, so uh, that's going to be fun. You can compete against us. You can compete against the NCAA football video game. See if you do better than that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, but we do have some actual stuff to talk about today, uh, Justin. So let, let's just hop into it. Um, let, let's talk some basketball, shall we? I know it's technically still football season, but I think we're obligated to speak basketball at this juncture. Yeah, you know, it, it's football postseason. So, you know, we're kind of in like the trial period of college basketball right now. You're allowed to acknowledge its existence, but if there is a football game and a basketball game on at the same time, you're still obligated to watch football instead of basketball. True. Um, let's start out with something good. Uh, BYU basketball is freaking killing it. Nine and one overall. Okay. Number three in the net. We had a brief stint at number one. What the? Um, number seven in Ken Palm. We're having arguably the best season in the Mark Pope era in any era since Jimmer Fredette. Um, but all of that said, our one loss is to Utah. How do we feel about that? Um Okay, I'm not going to lie. I watched this game. Uh, well, part of okay. it. Turn it off because I knew. I've seen this game a million times, right? <laughs> Both football and basketball. Five minutes in, I knew how it was going to end. Um, it was a reminder to me that college basketball season doesn't really start until after bowl season because I was, like, starting to get invested in BYU. I was like, oh, my gosh, we just won by 30 again? Like, let's go. And then we play the Utes, get stomped. We didn't really get stumped. We lost by four, but we played really, really poorly. Uh, we shot terribly um, from three. What is it? Yeah. 36% from the field, I think. Not even from three, from the field yeah. in general. Barely over 20% from three. Like, super, super bad, uncharacteristic of our team. Kind of got bullied. 
Um, and so it was just kind of reminded me like, all right, it's not time to super engage and plug in just yet. I, I got to get through bowl season before I can divert my emotional energy towards a basketball team. Uh, but Justin, you were there. Uh, you, I was. you actually did watch the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm going to get your takes. Uh, obviously, our boots on the ground guy. I was in attendance. Man, uh, it, it was a sellout, parentheses, you know, um, towards the like halfway through the first half. Uh, yeah, the stadium was pretty full. It's probably like at 95%. Uh, there were a lot of BYU fans there. I thought it was probably going to be like 60-40 Utah BYU. It ended up being more like kind of like 75-25 Utah to BYU. Okay. Um, BYU wasn't present. They didn't have as much of a presence in numbers, but man, were they loud the That's entire cool. time. Anytime Utah tried to do something pregame, bring the cheerleaders out, you know, do their little hype video, whatever. Their hype video sucks, by the way. Like it's <laughs> cool, but it doesn't have an ending. It just like I don't know. It, it, it just fizzles. I don't know, it's kind of stupid. But BYU would chant BYU, BYU, you know, anything, anything BYU related during any of their warmups. It was fun, honestly. The game, even though it sucked watching BYU lose, it was an electric game all the way through. We went down big late, but that comeback we had and the fact that we were within two and had a chance to tie before Dallin Hall turned it over there at the end. Like, honestly, I'm, I'm not even joking. That was the loudest stadium loudest basketball stadium i have ever heard wow byu utah fans going crazy and it was like when byu was making its comeback that's when it got loud right it wasn't when utah was dominant but when byu was making its comeback the only thing that rivals it is when byu was beating gonzaga in uh, Mm. 2020 yeah yeah yeah. it was it was that level of loud it was insane it was a lot of fun um, unfortunately, BYU sucked in the beginning, and we could just never get over it. We couldn't make a three. Uh, Noah Waterman couldn't hit the broadside of a barn that game, even though he's been playing extremely well this season. Mm-hmm. Trevin Nell couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. Spencer Johnson could only back down uh, Hunter Erickson. That was the his entire offense the entire game was bullying Hunter Erickson. Um, they had that Madsen guy hit like five threes in a row in like the first 10 minutes, right? Yeah, the dude from like Montana or whatever it is. Uh, can we talk about one thing? This is kind of jumping forward to the future a little bit. That's okay. Um, Brandon Carlson, their big seven-footer. Okay. He's a good player. But him and I think Madsen or maybe maybe some other guy from Utah uh, were at the BYU-Denver game on Wednesday uh, supporting an ex-teammate who was playing for Denver. Okay. They took a picture – in front of BYU's court, throwing up the U's, saying co-owners. Oh, wow. Mind you, these gentlemen are respectively one and two and two and three against BYU in their careers. Oh, nice. They have losing records. How? How, how could you post something that stupid? Just, what What's your take on that, Jared? Because honestly, it, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. I get it. I get it. Your rivalry, you want to do the banter and stuff, but you got to think these through, dude. You got to think what's the clapback going to be. You can't have a losing record and then say we own you. Okay. That's like BYU winning one game in 2021 up against Utah football and saying we own them. Okay. That's, <laughs> you just can't do that. You can't do that. Come on. You know, BYU would have won had we had our players healthy and, and if, you know, our backup quarterback wasn't playing. 
true, right? You know, okay, another thing I, I saw in this game that I wanted to bring up. You know, you, you've seen Utah fans on Twitter or whatever, especially talking about football, saying it's not even a rivalry. Like, we don't even consider BYU a rival. You know, do you know, inhaling as much copium as they possibly can. <laughs> they have to cope with the fact that they lost in 2021 20, uh, there. But um, there were like half the Utah arena and especially the mus, the small mus that was honestly pathetic the entire game. They were all wearing shirts that said beat TDS. It didn't even say beat BYU on it. Beat TDS. For, for those of you that don't know TDS, team down south. Basically copying the Ohio State-Michigan thing, you know, the, the team up I mean, north. That's all Utah does, right? The yeah, U- they, they copy. They steal traditions from other people, and then they say, new traditional alert. We're all going to squirt our water bottles all over the place, guys. It's going to be so fun. Splash Mountain. Anyway, team down south. If you are refusing to say the name of a school and at the same time claiming that, oh, they're not a rival, your brain must be – taken out from your body and dissected and studied by the science, by the most insane neuro, like neurologist, you know, brain surgeons in the entire world to figure out how stupid you could possibly be. Yeah. That's ridiculous. I, I can't, I can't talk to those people. I can't listen to those people. It's like, yeah, it's like when Jim Harbaugh was like, Oh, the Michigan it's, it's not true. They don't actually mean it. They're just saying it to try and get under your skin. So it's just like the people that I'm like, nope, not talking to you. I hate you. you go to, you're a Utah fan. I hate you. I hate the fans. I hate the program. I hate everything. Right. That that's, that's my response. Max Hall, baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> Classless program. Uh, all things considered BYU basketball is having a much better year than we expected. Um Yeah. The, the loss against Utah freaking sucks. I hate Utah, and I hate losing to Utah, and I hate just getting bullied by Utah. Um, but we have to consider the grand scheme of things. Now, I'm not saying the loss to Utah is okay in any way, but I'm taking the 20,000-foot view of this season compared to what we thought about Mark Pope at the end of last season. Oh. Um, I I don't remember for sure, but I'm pretty sure we all called for his head by the end of last season, right? Yeah, we, we had him on the hot seat for sure. Yeah, for sure, right? And and he's definitely gotten himself off. I I I they this could totally come back, right? If we are uncompetitive in Big 12 play, this could totally change. But I mean, with all the signs, like I don't think we will be uncompetitive. Last year, we were beating Missouri State and Idaho State at home on buzzer beaters. Now mm-hmm. we are beating teams by 50. At home, like, yes, we haven't played the toughest schedule and we lost our hardest game, but we are destroying fools. So I think this is a great step in the right direction. Um, some are saying Mark Pope is a good coach, kind of knows what he's doing. Uh-huh. It's up for debate. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Where is this falling in your mind in comparisons to to what you were thinking, like in the preseason? And how does it change your expectations moving forward as we go into Big 12 play in a month? Yeah, I don't know. Some are saying that uh, Coach Pope is good because he intentionally tanked last year to build team chemistry so that we could have a good year this year. I, huh? I, I don't know if I believe it, but it sounds logical. It sounds reasonable. and It, it does sound like logical. I don't know. Yeah, man. I don't know, but like you were saying, you have to take like the bird's eye view on this, right? BYU is 9-1. and one. 
and our one loss is a quad one road loss. Mm-hmm. Take away who it's the two. It's a quad one road loss. Boo who. By the, four. Exact by four. The committee's gonna night. look at like, that at the end of the year and say, okay, that doesn't even factor in. Like that that does not it is not a detriment to their resume in any way, shape, or form. Right. It right. is a it is a quote good loss in the eyes of the of the NCAA committee. Are they a committee? What are they? What are the, uh yeah, the selection, selection committee. Selection committee? Maybe I'm confusing it. I don't know. Ask me in I, January and I'll have the answer. I don't know. Jared, if I told you at the beginning of football season, right, when we mentioned basketball and how bad it was going to suck, we thought and told you at some point in the year, we will be the number one team in net. What would you have done? I would have smacked you across the face. That Yeah, you would have like admitted me into a mental hospital, but you would have yeah. There was zero, there's a negative 100% chance that would happen. If I told you that 10 games into the season would be number, we'd be top 10 in Ken Pomp. Nope. You, dude, you would have called the police for a wellness check. <laughs> like, it's like, this team is exceeding expectations. They had one off night. Now, some are saying, okay, oh, but BYU is a live by the three, die by the three kind of team. It, that's not necessarily true. BYU didn't just suck from the three-point line last night. Or, sorry, last night against Utah. They sucked shooting twos. <laughs> they sucked <laughs> shooting jumpers. They sucked shooting layups. They sucked going for rebounding. layups and getting blocked. They Yeah, they sucked at rebounding for the first half of the game. They sucked at free throws. If they would have oh, made yeah. 75% of their free throws, we would win that game. It was just an off night all around. BYU in other games has struggled from the three-point line but has found other ways to score. Ali Khalifa is passing the ball very well. Dallin Hall's passing the ball very well. Spencer Johnson, Trevin Nell, they're all passing the ball very well. If you look at our offense, it's not people jacking up like off the dribble threes, right? It's people shooting in rhythm. They're getting passes. They are in the right spot to score. Our offense is actually running very well, and our guys are running it very well, all trust each other, and are making it happen. So... If anyone's worried that this is a live by the three, die by the three team, get that out of your head now. BYU is an objectively fun team to watch this year because they move the ball. They play, um, what is it? Total basketball. (laughs) They they play total basketball. They are so fun. And one of the funnest players on this team to watch is Jackson Robinson, which brings us to our next area of debate. Jackson Robinson – arguably the best scorer on our team, a very good defender as well, is coming off of the bench. He's a six-man. Lots of people are calling for him to start. Other people are arguing that he is being you know, held out so that he can dominate the second unit. Jared, where do you fall in that debate? What do you think? Should Jackson Robinson be starting, or is he perfect where he's at as a six-man? Um, this is what I have to say. Now, take into consideration that my brain is still football brain. I'm still, the conversion is still happening, right? I'm like priming the gas pump in my basketball brain. I think whatever is going on right now is working. And if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That Mm -hmm. that's my mind, right? If he's coming off the bench and is exploding, don't change what's going on. Like if he's balling on the bench, let him ball off the bench. Like he's scoring 
He went eight of freaking 16 from three, 28 points against Denver. Like, if he's doing that, he's not going to be mad he's not starting. Like, he's getting the playing time. He played 29 minutes. That was more than every single starter, right? So it's not like he's not getting playing time. He's just not playing at the beginning of the game. I don't know. Whatever Pope is doing right now is working. I say don't change it, even if that means J-Rob is going to come off the bench. Yeah, I agree. Um, The only thing that I've seen as a counterpoint that I kind of agree with, right, is you you have to know when to bring him in. You have you have to bring him in quick sometimes if you need to. For example, against Utah, he was the only one putting up buckets for a while. He was the only person that could score. But he didn't even see the court until we were already down by 15. We had to dig ourselves out of a hole. Now, you could argue we still would have been in that hole. You could argue that Jackson Robinson would have kept us out of that hole. There's a whole lot of things there. But I agree with you. I think the fact that we have so much depth that even our second unit can put up buckets on a first team unit, it, it, it always, you'll see it. The first part of the game, we're kind of slow. We're kind of getting there. We're, we're hanging around with the team. Maybe we're winning. Maybe we're losing by a bucket or two. Then our second unit comes in, their second unit comes in, and all of a sudden we're up by 18. Like, and then they can't stop us after that. So I, like I said, like you said, Jared, I think what, Pope is doing as working. He's keeping the faith as a, as a, what's that guy's name? Ron Rothstein. Yeah. As Rothstein would say, he's keeping the faith. Um, If it ain't broke, don't fix it. But at the same time, you can't, uh, you have to do preventative maintenance. That's true. To prevent catastrophic failure. So make sure that if things are going wrong, he's on the court. Yeah, and I and I think that brings me back around to that Utah game. I think that Utah game might have actually been better that we lost it, um, especially in the way that we did. I know. Hear me out. Hear me out. This is huh? crazy, okay? This is crazy. If that was any other team, I think there would be a lot more, like, spin zoning this game because I think the way we lost that, like, like you said, not bringing Jack, Jackson Robinson off the bench until we were already down big – getting bullied in the first half, getting punched in the face, basically, right? I think having us learn that lesson, you know, whatever it was, game eight, like game nine, I think that's huge because now we've had that experience. We know what it feels like to get punched in the face, and we have a couple of games left on the schedule, Denver, obviously, then Georgia State, Bellarmine, Wyoming, right? Before we start Big 12 play, if if that first game where we just got smacked in the face was in Big 12 play, could you imagine coming out against another big 12 team and trying to fix it? Like Mm -hmm. the fact that that happened early, I think is good because now we can kind of like, okay, this is what they did to beat us. We can now work on these things and, and kind of like Mike make micro adjustments in these big, in these blowouts, we can make these micro adjustments and see how it works. We can try new things before we get into big 12 play. That way we have, we're we're a step ahead of where we would have been. So I agree, you know, if 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 we do find ourselves in that situation again, like we need to have a game plan moving forward. And I'm hoping that that Utah game kind of showed us what that game plan is moving forward, especially involving Jackson Robinson, bringing off the bench, getting that scoring going so that everybody else can kind of fall into their place as well. Yeah, and you got to wake up. You know, you need a wake-up call. You'd rather have that wake-up call early than late, right? Yep. Because there are teams getting wake-up calls all around the nation. 
it, this is not a unique thing to BYU, right? BYU isn't the only team losing. Uh, that that day that BYU lost, four other undefeated teams fell as well. Like, it, it's hard to stay undefeated in basketball. C- college basketball is a crazy place, man. For, like, for example, let's talk about Northwestern just for a second. Okay. Let, let, let's digress just a tiny bit. Northwestern beat the number one team in the nation, Purdue. Oh, wow. Number one in the AP, number one in net. Northwestern pulled off the upset, beat Purdue. And then literally less than 14 days later, lost to a team that's not even in a conference. Is an independent basketball team. Chicago State, who's like 380 in Ken Palm. <laughs> they lost to them at home. That's, that loss alone could keep them out of the tournament. It's true. And it happened in December. Like that crazy things happen all around college basketball. A quad one loss is not the worst thing to happen to us. We are figuring things out. We're fine tuning things. Our first big 12 game is a home game as well, which bodes well for us. Kind of get our feet wet. You know, it's it's against another new big 12 team in Cincinnati, but still we're getting our feet wet before um, I think our first Old Big 12 team is, is Caleb Lohner and, and the Baylor Bears, right? Yes, we, we go to Baylor like three days later. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that that's that's going to be a huge deal. So, uh, I'm yes. basketball, BYU basketball is going to be really exciting this year. We thought that they were going to be a non-factor. I didn't even think about buying season tickets this year because I thought we were going to suck. I kind of regret that decision now. But, um, <laughs> yeah, tune in and watch your Cougs. Yes, and I am – way more excited about basketball season than I ever was like since January of last year. Like I am very excited to see how this team does in the big 12. I think it's going to be awesome. Home court, Mary center going to be rocking every single night. We're going to have a great, we're going to have a competitive team. Um, I, I'm excited to see where it goes. I, yeah. I, I am genuinely excited, which I'd never thought I would hear myself <laughs> say this season. So let's make it a little more exciting, Jared. We're going to bring back a segment that we uh, did last year. We are going to be raising the stakes. Oh, baby. Uh, Yeah. Uh, For those of you that don't know, raising the stakes is a little uh, weekly prediction uh, segment, I guess, that we do. Um, We each make like a prop bet, basically. We come up with a prop bet, each one of us, um, for that week's basketball games. And then the loser has a punishment. Um, This week, Justin, what is the punishment going to be? The punishment is if you lose, you must record a Christmas carol of your choosing in the voice of Bill Walton and post it to the gram. That is a great one. Uh, I don't even know how to do a Bill Walton voice right now. Bill Walton, the Pac-12 Conference champion. Conference champions. Yeah, uh, I'm high on marijuana. <laughs> it's going to be very, very uh, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> we'll see <it's>... that. <laughs> um, let's let's get into the predictions then. Uh, would you like to go first or second, Justin? See, I'll I'll go first. I've okay. I've got two. How many do you got? Uh, I I got one. I can come up with a second one if you want it. Let's do. Okay, I'll I'll go first with my one. And then you go, I'll go, then you. We'll, we'll switch off like that. Okay. Okay, my first one is this. 
And I feel like this is easy money, free okay. money, even. Uh, my first is that Atiki Ali Atiki, over the next are, – are we doing over the next two games or just one uh, game this week? There's only one game in between this episode and our next episode. Interesting. Okay. I have to rethink this now. So, <laughs> Atiki – this is free money. Atiki Ali Atiki will have three-plus fouls in his next game. Nice. <laughs> that is just taking candy from a baby. <laughs> um, mine is also pretty pretty easy. I'm going Jackson Robinson scores 20 plus. 20 plus. Okay. I, I think that's – I mean, he's averaging uh, like what is it, 17 and a half, 18 points a game. So, yeah. saying he goes over 20 again. Okay, let's see. This is uh this is gonna be a big one. Um I'm going to say uh Khalifa will have more assists in the next game than Trevin Nell. Okay. Khalifa, he's a he is a gorgeous passer. Not just a beautiful passer, he is a gorgeous passer. Yeah. Um, my last one is that our boy Townsend Triple will have one field goal made and one foul. Yeah, one plus, one plus field goal made, one plus foul. Dude, I love watching Townsend Triple. He is inevitable. <laughs> one plus FGM and one plus foul. I probably should have done. I love that. One plus points, but oh well. <laughs> Hopefully he doesn't yeah. just go to the free throw line. Free throws don't count. <laughs> He'll get an and one for you. Don't worry. Uh, yeah. Right. So hopefully Georgia State is bad. Um, BYU has a 96% chance to win, according to ESPN. So that's good, right? Georgia State was a tournament team last year. They got a 16 seed. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever <laughs> you want to do with that information. Uh, yeah. yeah, so – Again, my my two picks are that Atiki Ali Atiki will have three plus fouls against Georgia State, and that Khalifa will have more assists than Trevino. Uh And for me, Jackson Robinson scoring twenty plus, and Townsend triple one plus field goal made, one plus foul. Whoever has less hits on this, so like let's you know, say I have two, Jared has one, or Jared has one, and I have zero. Whoever loses will record a Christmas carol in the voice of Bill Walton and post it to our social media platforms. Yes, so definitely be following, uh, be paying attention. That's going to be an interesting one for sure. Uh, it might give you a reason to even watch the game on Saturday. Heaven forbid, Aww. if you have ESPN+. Plus. Um, <laughs> all right, let's move ahead. You know what this podcast is about. We are a college football podcast. We need to talk some college football. Uh, it is bowl season, baby, and the Cougars are not bowling. Um, nope. First time since 2017, so really hasn't actually been that long. <laughs> yeah, we were on our missions, though, so it didn't count. Yeah, yeah. Uh, before that, I don't even remember, right? Like, before Did Bronco Mendenhall ever miss a bowl? I don't – maybe his first year in, like, 2004 or 2005, whenever it was. Uh, I don't know, like, because <clears> – <throat> and, uh, and I guess we can't exactly blame the Cougs. First year in the Power Five Conference, um, Power Four Conference. Um, oh, no, he never once missed a bowl with BYU. Okay, so 
this is literally like the probably the second or third time in our lifetime. Uh, definitely the second time we can remember, and really only the first because we were, like you said, we were uh, on our missions. Yep. Anyway, Justin, how does it feel to not be bowling? You know, strangely freeing. <laughs> um, not having the worry about losing to some random G5 team and some random bowl that nobody's ever heard of is, is, is kind of freeing. <laughs> um, it's nice to know that the season's just over. We can move on. We can speculate about recruits and transfers, and it allows us to more thoroughly enjoy the rest of the bowls. Now, do I wish BYU was bowling? Of course. I, of course I do. I'm not ever saying that I don't want BYU to qualify for a bowl. But there is a silver lining in the fact that we get to just enjoy on in, enjoy this bowl season, have fun with it, and not worry about losing to some random UAB. Uh, I totally agree. Uh, the Christmas before Jacob left on his mission, BYU lost to Hawaii in the Hawaii Bowl. I'm sure you remember that very, very well. Uh in Jacob's words, I hate BYU. They ruined Christmas. I hate it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, that was also the year Ohio State lost to Clemson, and I deleted ESPN for six months. Um, <laughs> yep, I remember that. So, like you said, it is freeing uh, to to not have a bowl game, uh, though it is kind of sad. Um, I, I don't even know. We don't have to get into this now. We have an entire offseason to talk about the changes in the BYU football program. Oh, yeah. Uh, let me just say, I really hope we don't miss a bowl game again. Um, I think that should be the goal for the program right now is make a bowl game, win a bowl game, just like the Edward said to me in a dream after the Oregon game. Mm-hmm. Before we get to the bowls, though, let's talk about some things that BYU is doing in its postseason to hopefully get itself right for next year. Um, First of all, um, we had some people let go. Uh I can't remember if we talked about this or it was just me like ranting about this, but um, coach Funk and coach Clark have both been let go. Our offensive line coach and our tight end coach Funk was absolutely expected. Clark was an absolute surprise. What do we have going on in our coaching shirts now, Jared? Uh, Yeah. So it seems, and correct me if I'm wrong, there's been nothing official yet. Um, but the rumor mill has it that we are targeting TJ Woods from Georgia Southern to be the next O-line coach. Um, he also coached at Utah State, Oregon State, and Wisconsin. Oregon State and Wisconsin have had really, really good offensive lines in the past. Um, like, especially Wisconsin. If you coach O-line at Wisconsin, like, you have your check of approval from me. Um, Georgia Southern seems kind of like a downhill running kind of team. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't 100% know their O-line blocking scheme. And, to you know, like, I don't don't watch enough Georgia Southern to really know that much. Uh, but we'll be coaching <laughs> this offseason for sure. Um, I don't know. I, I'm excited for a new face. Um, but I just hope that this actually leads to improvements in recruiting and in uh, performance on the field. Justin, how are you feeling, though? I mean, like, some people might be, like, wondering, this T.J. Woods guy, right, why is he at Georgia Southern? If he was at Oregon State, if he was at Wisconsin, why does he not have a bigger name job? Sometimes you just you, you follow a coach that you like, you know. You have to remember, Georgia Southern is now being coached by Clay Helton, who mm-hmm. was at USC, right? I mean, it's, it's the same reason that, you know, Bronco Mendenhall is at New Mexico, but he just pulled a position coach away from Vanderbilt, an SEC school, you know. 
sometimes you just follow a coach that you like because you get to run a program the way that you want to run it. And that's probably what happened here. Georgia Southern played a very aggressive brand of football. They didn't do the triple option like they've done in years past, but they ran something akin to it. Uh, kind of like Air Forcey, but they actually, but with a quarterback that knows that the forward pass is legal. And and you okay know? to do. He's not going to get fired. Exactly. Yeah, he's he's not going to get dishonorably discharged from, <laughs> you know, his line of work if he throws a forward pass. Um they they had a tenacious offensive line. I hopefully TJ Woods is that disciplinarian like um maybe not disciplinarian but that hard-nosed style guy. Um cuz you know the rumor mill has it, right? That Grimes was the like the everyone else was love and learn, Grimes was discipline and we need to get things right. Funk was kind of in between. He wasn't like a motivator. He you know, I don't know. There was there were some weird relationships with guys on the team and funk. If TJ Woods is this guy that is also kind of a you know keeps things in check, keeps things running smoothly, keeps the ship ship shape, that's what we need. Hopefully that's what he is. To be honest, I don't know much much more about him. Yeah. I Kind of just echo what you say. I just hope he's mean. <laughs> that's what we yeah. need. We need our guys to be meaner. Uh, that's like Broncos guys were mean. We maybe didn't always, you know, have the best teams, but we were mean. and We fought nasty. Uh, that's what we need more of. Um, we punched people. That's what we did. Yeah, exactly. Um, and speaking of Bronco, like I'm so psyched for New Mexico. I'm a huge yeah. Lobos fan now. Like That's cool. I hope they win the Mountain West. I'm excited. Um, very odd that he would come out of his ranch for that um, in this new environment of college football. But, hey, all power to him. I'm going to be rooting for him. I don't think Bronco wants to play the NIL game. I think he wants to go somewhere where he can just be himself unapologetically. He can have plenty of – there's plenty of space in Albuquerque, right, for him to <laughs> raise horses and do what he does. Um, there's plenty of space for him to ride his bike. There's plenty of space for him to do all kinds of stuff, and he doesn't have to play the NIL game in New Mexico. He doesn't have to beg people for money. He doesn't. Have, he just can get guys that like playing football, and that's what Broncos all about. Yeah, I'm very excited for him. Um, sorry, bringing it back to BYU. Let's just do a couple of transfer portal things. Um, Aiden Robbins, NFL, Kingsley, mm-hmm. NFL, Slovis. Probably the NFL. I don't know. He's done regardless, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Isaac uh, Rex, NFL. Isaac Rex, NFL. You have uh, notably Dallin Holker also going to the NFL. Um, Miles Davis went to the transfer portal, then came back after Aiden Robbins declared for the draft. Connor Pay is coming back. Um, I saw Jake Retzlaff outside of the Jazz game I was working, actually. And he said that he was excited that for next year and, like, implied that he's coming back. So, um oh. Yeah, he's also a lot shorter than I would think. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I don't know. How are you feeling about the transfer portal? Like, where where do you think we need to address some concerns? Just really basic level, not to take up too much time here, but just a quick overview. Um, where do you think the roster sits right now? I mean, concerns, we're pretty good at running back, um, maybe a wide receiver, Maybe a, a offensive lineman. Um, you know, we we do have some good offensive linemen, but maybe maybe another one or two. Uh, defensively, we've recruited well at corner and at safety. Linebacker, probably maybe one one or two. I don't know. Um, 
one one thing I do want to address, you know, Miles Davis leaving and coming back. You know, again, there's always that thing of players that leave and then come back generally aren't offered their scholarship back. But maybe this is a different situation. When this is Kalani, the bro. NFL. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know, this, this is Kalani. One thing I want to address is the fact that you brought up Jake Retzloff. It's been no secret that BYU has been actively pursuing quarterbacks in the portal. Effectively, in my mind, giving Jake Retzloff the finger. Kind of, yeah. And saying, we don't trust you to be the guy. We need to bring somebody in to compete with you to take your job. Because, you know, you and um, – oh, why, why is his name? Finnegan? Uh, the kid from Springville. Burton? Yeah, you and uh, Ryder Burton are not competing well enough. We need somebody else, or Cade Fennigan or anyone else. I was curious to see if we were going to see Jake Retzloff in the portal. What you just said suggests otherwise. What do you think about quarterback? Does BYU need to be pursuing a starting quarterback in the portal, or do you still have some semblance of faith that Jake is our guy? I still have faith that Jake is our guy. Um, he may be of a different faith, but he has my faith. Um, oh. Yeah, see what I did there? Um, uh-huh. I, what I will say is this. If we bring somebody in, I don't want it to be another one and done. I don't like one and dones. They don't work in college football. Like, we're seeing it, right? Like, like no one brings in a starter for one year and does really good unless you have, like, a very good team around them. Um like, like I can't even think of one right now of a one and done starter that played awesome, right? Yeah. Um, like Bo Nix had two years, uh, Jane Daniels had two years, Joe Burrow had two years, uh, Justin Fields had two years, right? Like all of the good transfer quarterbacks are the guys that come in when they're a junior or sophomore and stay for a couple of years. I think something that's being overlooked in the transfer portal today all over the country is continuity. Like continuity matters the best players are still the freshmen that grow up in the program and, and grow into their role, learn the system, right? Those are still the best players in college football. Um, so I, I don't know. I think if we do bring a guy in, it needs to be a guy with at least two years of eligibility, somebody that's there to stay. But I think even if they do bring him in, I think Jake has a really good opportunity to, to compete. And I think Ryder Burton, I, I have faith in the, everything I hear coming out of the football program is that he is a baller. He's very much a freshman, but if he learns, gets his feet under him, like he is going to be good. So I don't know. I, I have faith in our quarterback room and I kind of just want to see some continuity, whether that's bringing in a starter, maybe not a starter, but bringing in somebody that's going to be there for a couple years or just sticking with Jake and, and Cade and Ryder. Like I want continuity at that position, whether that's, the guys we have now or somebody that's going to be there for another two or three years. I completely agree with you. And honestly, there's been a lot of hate on Jake um, ever since the Oklahoma state game. But I do think that Jake could still be our guy. I know that he struggled against Oklahoma state. I mean, it sucks. Like when, when your first few like real starts are like Oklahoma, Oklahoma state, (laughs) you know, like, you're getting put you're getting thrown to the wolves, right? This is your first time playing as an FBS quarterback. Yeah, his arm angles are weird. Yeah, he's off platform. But no one can deny the fact that our offense did exceptionally better 
when he was in. Yep. Our run game opened up, and it's not because our offensive line magically got better. And it's not because our running backs magically got better. It's because Jake's feet opened up the run game. Defensive ends had to stay on their heels and respect Jake Retzloff's running ability. Now, you can say, well, he's not a good passer, you know, play him at running back then or something like that. Jake Retzloff in junior college threw for over 5,000 yards in one season. (laughs) The kid can ball. The kid can throw. He really can. I just think that he needs to get a season under him where he is practicing all summer, all offseason as a starter, developing chemistry with his wide receivers. They understand his weird arm angles. They understand the weird spin that he puts on his ball. I feel like if we can get that down, I honestly think Jake Russell, he might not be elite, but I think that he can be a very good quarterback for BYU, and I think that he can lead us to a bowl game next year. That That's my honest opinion. I do not think BYU needs a starter in the portal. Heck, I wouldn't be disappointed if we didn't get any quarterbacks in the portal and we just worked with the guys that we had. You know, the one exception I can see is, you know, maybe you get like, let's say somehow BYU gets Isaac Wilson to flip or something like that. You bring in a four-star quarterback. That In that situation, I would say, yeah, let's bring in another quarterback. But bringing in a transfer, I just – I don't see it being a net benefit to our team. Dude, I, I couldn't agree more, dude. I 100% agree. Jake was getting maybe maybe like a third of the reps all spring and summer, right? And then he's thrust into the role like with four games remaining. Like, he, no, 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 no. Like what we saw from Jake is not – his ceiling it's his floor absolute mm-hmm. floor he had no chemistry with his he wasn't able to even learn the playbook right getting here as late as he did like i he is going to be way better next year if we just give him a chance um and and like you said he played bad against oklahoma state our entire team played bad against i against iowa state oklahoma state right everybody played bad so i don't i do not blame any of that on him i'm willing to give him a completely fresh start going into next year um, I think if there's one transfer portal place I do want to address, it's wide receiver again. Darius Lasseter was our best receiver. Um, we need more of him. Like uh, the guys were not, and even he, like this leader, we were not getting it done at wide receiver. They were not helping out the quarterback. Zero separation, zero like effort. They're fumbling the balls, dropping balls, right? Like we need a wide receiver in the portal. That would be my one place to go first to address the offense. Yeah. Uh, do we know? Off the top of my head, I don't. I think Cody Epps is back this year, right? I, I think so. If he wants to, yeah. Um, Cody Epps is back. Um, Keelan Marion obviously also back. Um, Keanu Hill back. I I honestly I have no idea. I haven't heard a word. I haven't heard a peep. So that's Apparently something he was we gotta hurt. keep oh, an eye yeah. on. Chase Roberts, maybe. You know, tight end, we, we're going to have, you know, some guys that we recruited that were four stars coming in. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I know. I, I do think, though, we, we definitely need more speed. Yes. And that's kind of what Keelan Marion was all year, right? Like, we didn't use him a ton as a wide receiver, more as a kind of like a scat back, you know, like mm-hmm. the swing, on those, jet sweep. the swing passes, jet sweeps. And he did very well with that. He's, for whatever reason, opposing defenses couldn't figure out when BYU gets within the seven-yard line, they're going to run the same sweet play to Keelan Marion every time, and he's going to score every time. I don't know. But we need, we definitely need more speed. I absolutely agree with that. 
Um, let's move along. I mean, we've talked about BYU. We're, we are going to be talking about BYU more. Um, I mean, we have the entire offseason to do so. And uh, honestly, we haven't heard a lot. So uh, let's get into what is actually pertinent right now. We have bowl games starting on Saturday tomorrow, if you are listening to this on the correct day, mind you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So obviously join the Bull Mania group. Follow the Instagram. You'll get all of our updates through there. Uh, but yeah, dude, let's let's talk some bowl games. I'm so excited, especially this first Saturday. There's like eight eight games on. They're all bangers. They're all super good games. The spread is like no more than a field goal in each of them. Um, I I freaking love bowl games, dude. It's my favorite freaking time of the year. I am so excited. Uh, so let's let's hop into it. Um, tomorrow, also on the Instagram, we'll be coming out with our top five bowl games to watch. Um, let's give a little sneak peek, uh, before we hop into the weekend's games, actually, let's give a little sneak peek. Uh, what are some of your favorite bowl games that you're looking forward to this year? A few of my favorite, I will give away three of my top five. Um, to see the other two, you're going to have to check out our Instagram at loyal to Royal pod or Twitter at loyal to Royal pod, or you will find that content. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you a number five through number three and number one and two will be on Instagram. Okay, cool. Sound good? Number five, I'm really excited to watch the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl between Miami of Ohio and App State. Um, Heck yeah. Two G5 juggernauts going back and forth at it. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Number four, the Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa, Florida. Georgia Tech will be taking on UCF. That was a little bit of a mouthful, Union Home Mortgage Gasparilla Bowl. (laughs) Georgia Tech is a chaos team. Oh yeah, UCF is a chaos team. These two teams <laughs> could spontaneously combust on the field. You'll never know. Also, the uniform uh, number the exact same. <laughs> yeah, exactly the same. Golden puke color. Um, unless UCF puts on like a freaking spacesuit again or something and like, contracts NASA out for the game. Uh, <laughs> number three, Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl. Ooh, that's uh, fun. This has a special place near and dear to my heart because Scooter's Coffee once sponsored the Ochre Runes in the UTFL, giving us free waters uh, for a series of four games. So shout out Scooter's Coffee in, uh, (laughs) I think in Saratoga Springs, I think is the one that did it. Uh, UTSA will be playing Marshall, another two very good G5 teams playing against each other, a nice matchup. You got a fun belt, uh, CUSA match sh- uh, showdown going on there. Uh, what's going on at UTSA right now? Nobody knows because everything's up in the air. Marshall, are they good? Are they not? The world may never know. This is your <laughs> chance to see it. For number two and number one, they are absolute bangers of games. Make sure you're checking out Instagram and Twitter at Loyal to Royal Pod. You'll see what my number one and two picks are. Jared, uh, what are yours? I will do the same as you. I'll do five through three. And uh, we may or may not have the same number one bowl game. So definitely go check that out. Um, number five, I got the pinstripe bowl. Uh, Rutgers and Miami. I Butgers. mean, come on now, dude. Butgers was a massive surprise this year. Played awesome. That They have a good team. Like, they have a good team. They have, like, an absolutely terrible, terrible quarterback. But they have a very fun team to watch. Um <laughs> And then playing Miami, I mean, come on, Mario Crystal Ball in a bowl game, he's gonna find some way to screw it up. So uh, I think high chaos rating in that one for me. 
Um, plus, it's Butgers. Come on. Number four, I actually also have the Cure Bowl. Miami of Ohio and App State. Uh, I mean, come on. It's App State. They're great. Um, played for the Sun Belt Championship. And then also, Miami of Ohio won the MAC. So, like you said, G5 juggernauts going at it. Number three, I have the Peach Bowl. Actually, one of the New Year's Six Bowls. Oh. Um, Ole Miss and Penn State. These aren't teams that confuse themselves thinking that they should be in the top four. Both of these teams, though their fans may not recognize it, they know what their ceiling is, and this is their ceiling. Penn State and Ole Miss right now, this is the most they can hope for is an 11-win season with a win in a New Year's Six game. I think all uh, almost all the players are going to play for these two teams. Obviously, you're going to have some opt-outs because people are stupid these days. I think both of these teams will be operating at or near their best. Um, I think it's going to be a high-scoring affair. Jackson Dart, Nick Singleton, like, this is going to be a fun fun game to watch. Um, and the uniform matchup. I mean, you have the classics of Penn State, and then you have the powder blue of Ole Miss. I think it's going to be a fun one. Bold of you to assume that Penn State will be able to score points at all <laughs> with Alar at quarterback. I mean, you think Ole Miss is going to stop the run, though? Come on. That's true. That's true. Pansies. Mm -hmm. uh, but, yeah, for number two and number one, uh, two absolute bangers. Got to go check the Instagram for those. Heck, yeah. At Loyal to Royal Pod. Uh, how many times are we going to plug that? One more. At Loyal to Royal Pod. Uh, see number one and number two. And also join our Bowl Mania group where you will have a chance to win a random shirt of a Bowl winner and a random hat of a Bowl winner. Could be the same team, could be two different teams. You don't know, we don't know. Only we don't the computers know. <laughs> Join us at Royal Strong and True on uh, Capital One Bowl Mania. Um, let's move ahead. Let's preview this weekend's games. Let's just start off. Let's give some quick thoughts, and uh, maybe we can give which way we're leaning. Um, All right. Yeah. Let's start with the Myrtle Beach Bowl. This one, 9 a.m. on ESPN. Uh, gets you started early. I love nothing more than just super early bowl games. You know, roll out of bed, and there's already football on. Freaking love it. Uh, it's going to be on that gross turf, though. But we have, do have Georgia Southern playing Ohio. Um, Ohio's missing, like, 15 players that have opted out or that are in the transfer portal. Georgia Southern, not as many. Uh, but who knows if their O-line coach will be there or not because he may be in Provo. Um, I'm excited for this one. I think this is two good teams, obviously. Ohio has a much better record, but I think Georgia Southern is probably a stronger team at this point. Um, where are you leaning in this one? I was leaning towards Georgia Southern in this one. Georgia Southern just plays a style of football that you don't really see in the MAC. It's going to be hard for Ohio to adjust, especially with everyone in the transfer portal, including their starting quarterback who carried their offense this year, who um, just committed, if I'm not mistaken, to uh, some – where did he just – Indiana. Indiana? Yeah, he just, just committed to Indiana, so he will definitely not be playing in this game. Georgia Southern cares. Clay Helton, Clay Helton in a bowl game, dude. I gotta go with that. I, as much as I love the Mac, the Fun Belt is just more fun. Yep. Um, I'll say this about Georgia Southern: they either score a lot of points or allow a lot of points, or both. Mm -hmm. The winner of their games this year never had less than twenty points, and the twenty-point one only happened once. After that, the lowest score was thirty-eight. So thank. They play exciting football. Um, I think this is going to be a fun one. It's going to be a heck of a fun one. 10 a.m. on Saturday, we have the Cricket Celebration Bowl, <laughs> which goes on uh, goes on between two FCS squads. 
Howard playing Florida A&M. Howard looks like they may be the Bison. I don't know. Yes. Jared, can you fact check me on that? <laughs> Florida A&M, the Rattlers. Absolutely. The Spencer Rattlers. Jared, who do you have in this one versus in uh, between teams that are 11-1 and one and 6-5? and five? Uh, I mean, teams that I know nothing about, A, uniforms, B, mm-hmm. mascot slash nickname, and C, record. Uh, all of those are in favor of Florida A&M. Plus, mm-hmm. when Jacob went to Orlando for some random reason, he hung out with the Florida A&M band. So, uh, yeah, they're both HBCUs, so you know the bands are going to be crazy. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm rocking with the Rattlers uh, this time, Florida A&M. Let's go. How did Jacob end up hanging out with an HBCU band? Uh, he went down there, and it was like Battle of the HBCU something or others, and, like, all of the bands were, like, in this one street, and he just hung out with everybody. Oh, I, sick. Jacob is a different breed, dude. He can I, He finds his way into whatever thing he wants, so I don't know. That alone has me choosing Florida A&M. You're right, dude. Their colors are cooler. They got that orange and green going. Mm-hmm. Love it. Uh, their mascot has like a tongue that's sticking out. Oh, yeah. Awesome. The Howard Bison looks like an AI-generated version of a bison. So uh, give me Florida A&M in this one. Dude, Howard is definitely just FCS Midwest from the NCAA mm-hmm. football games. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, 100%. Let's, let's move on. 12-15 on ESPN. Uh, we have a this, this is a great game. We got Jacksonville State first ever time as an FBS program. They're going to a bowl and they're playing none other than the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Um, Jacksonville State favored by two and a half. This is the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. So uh, Louisiana obviously with the home field advantage there. Uh, I don't know how do you see this one playing out. I think this is kind of one of those. I, I'm leaning pretty heavily towards Jacksonville State here just based on the way they've played this year, the first time in the bowl game. But I don't know. How are you feeling? Jacksonville State played really well to start the year, then struggled down the stretch. They are now 8-4. and four. The fact that they get to be in a bowl game is amazing, um, given the NCAA's dumb rules. I will always have an affinity toward the raging Cajuns of Louisiana Lafayette, given the fact that they were on the Applebee's television that night that we went to go get bottomless wings, riblets, and shrimp. Um, but this one, I I, I got to go with Jacksonville State in this one simply because you can't deny a team that last year beat a team that is currently suing the college football playoff for not letting them in. So give me <laughs> Jacksonville State. Absolutely. I, yep. I, I, I think that cemented it for me. Um, a lot of bowl games is like, who wants to be here? Right. I'm sure Louisiana likes to be there, especially close to home, but come on, Jacksonville state wants to be there. That me, that win will mean more to them than it will to Louisiana rocking with the Cox. Rocking with the Cox. Oh, baby. All-time one-liner. <laughs> Rocking with the guts. Uh, next up, 1.30 p.m. on ABC, you have the Avocados from Mexico Cure Bowl. This game is on both Jared and I's top five games to watch. Miami of Ohio is a six-and-a-half-point dog to the Mountaineers. Jared, what are you feeling on this one? Um, App State is one of those teams you just can't count out. They weren't that good this year, and yet here they are, eight and five, played in the conference championship game. Like, they're good. 
Uh, Miami of Ohio was actually kind of a big surprise. Like went 11 and two, won the back. They uh, didn't have their, their quarterback Gabbert for the last couple of games as well. They're probably not going to have him in this game as well. Like Miami of Ohio is a very, very good team. Um, I, I'm kind of leaning app here um, just because I think the Sun Belt is a little harder than the Mac. Uh, so app state, even though they have a worse record, didn't look as good. Like they play in a harder conference. Um, I don't know, but I can't count out Miami of Ohio, but I think if I did have to lean one way, I would lean app state. Maybe that's just the nostalgia speaking, but yeah. Tell me if this makes sense, Jared. If app state were playing a better opponent, I think they would have a higher chance at winning. Dude, I I see no lies. If App State were playing, I think App State would have a better chance at beating number one, you know, at, at beating any team in the college football playoff than they do playing Miami of Ohio. It's a good point. Miami of Ohio is good, not great. They are not an incredible team with a ton of talent. Therefore, Appalachian State has no clue what to do with them. They have no clue what to do with the gritty Maxion folk. <laughs> this game, where, where is this at? Where, where is this game at? This game is at uh, Orlando, I believe. Orlando, Florida. You're giving a Maxion team warm weather to play in? <laughs> I, they're actually going to want to be out there? Give me the Maxion. Give me Miami, Ohio. The Red Hawks are winning this one. I like it. I mean, if the line is App State minus six and a half, I mean, it's moved, obviously. It used to be like two and a half. But I'm definitely taking Miami and Ohio plus points, right? Come on. Yeah, plus 210. Um, let's do the Isleta New Mexico Bowl. Um, another team playing very close to home, New Mexico State, playing Fregno Staple, uh, 345 on ESPN. New Mexico State actually favored by three and a half here. Um, for me, this is a big who wants to be here bowl. But, Justin, mm-hmm. how are you feeling in this one? I have to go with the team that has a quarterback that body slammed an Auburn player and threw a pass with his helmet on backwards. Give me New Mexico State in this one. Easiest choice I've ever made. Yeah, I, I'm 100% with you. Fresno State, I mean, if they met up during the regular season, Fresno State's definitely favored by like a touchdown, 10 points, right? Because they're in a bowl game, Fresno State was hoping to win the Mountain West, and now they're stuck in the New Mexico Bowl, whereas New Mexico State just won 10 freaking games for the second year in a row. Like, are you kidding me? You know they're going to be fired up playing in front of the home fans. Um, I Yeah, New Mexico State all the way in this one. Pretty, pretty easy choice. I think it'll be fun. I just don't think New Mexico State will be denied. Got to agree with you, man. 5.30 p.m. on ABC, you have the UCLA Bruins and the Sissy Blue taking on Boise City and Albertson's color, Albertson's color team. Um, UCLA is a four-point favorite in this one. Jared, who do you got, Boise State or UCLA? Um, Boise State looked way better than UCLA coming down the stretch. But for some reason, I I just hate Boise City. Shocker, I know. Uh, I'm going with UCLA because I hate Boise State. But it it is very surprising that UCLA is favored by four here. I think Boise State, the way they played in the Mountain West Championship game, the way UCLA has kind of been struggling a little bit. I don't know. It's surprising that Boise State's an underdog, but I am going to ride with the favorites of UCLA. I mean, I think Boise State's an underdog because Taylor Green has transferred to Arkansas. 
right? Yeah. UCLA's quarterback is also transferred, but I assume that the assumption is double assumption is that um, Vegas thinks UCLA's backup is better than Boise State's backup. Safe assumption. Safe assumption, right? But Boise State playing with a freaking backup quarterback against a team that nobody thinks they have a chance against, that, that's that's the Boise City story. That's Boise City's <laughs> bread and butter. That's what they built their program on. So give me Boise in this one. If there's a recipe for success, it is that. Um, mm-hmm. So I, that one is going to be a very fun bowl game. And then we get a nightcap. We get an actual late game. I'm so excited. Um. 7:15 ESPN Texas Tech and Cal. I mean if there were not two teams more similar than this. I don't know what it is. <laughs> this is the epitome of why bowl games are awesome because you have Cal and Texas Tech, two teams that are wildly different and yet the exact same playing each other. Like this is this is the perfect bowl game. And it's on at 7:15. Like come on. This is great. This is what we live for. Um this is in the the uh the forbidden um the taboo what's the what's the word i'm looking for i don't know the make you shudder radiance technologies independence bowl <sighs> um BLU fans, <laughs> texas tech a three-point favorite justin who are you rolling with just the fact that cal is bowl eligible puts a smile on my face so give me cal on this one that, that that's the only reasoning i've got um i think this is going to be a take the under game that is what my mm-hmm. pick is going to be you know it's going to be like sleeting, 39 degrees, uh, sideways wind, tornado in the stadium, <laughs> elevators are broken, like you get a half-eaten bag of Lay's for lunch. You know, this is going to be one of those just nasty, nasty bowl games. Um, I, I think I'm also going to take Cal. I don't know why. I'm going to be rooting for Texas Tech, obviously, as a Big 12 fan, but I think I'm going to take Cal as well. I like it. I like it. Next up on the bowl game docket, we have a very, very fun game. It is going to be on Monday, however, because that nightcap finished off Saturday. 12.30 p.m., you get one game, December 18th, Western Kentucky playing Old Dominion. Another fun belt, CUSA showdown. Jared, in this matchup of giant killers, you know, Old Dominion taking down the ACC in Western Kentucky, uh, taking down random teams also in the ACC, I guess. And all over the country. <laughs> all over the country. Who do you have in the famous Toastery Bowl? I mean, you know I'm picking Western Kentucky um, because I hate Old Dominion because they fired me after I won 10 games in my first <laughs> year there in my NCAA Football 14 <laughs> campaign. Stupidest thing in the world. I will never forgive them for that. Um but I don't like that pick. Like Western Kentucky, they have looked bad. Every single time I've turned on one of their games this year, they have looked really, really bad. Like they made Kyle McCord look good. Like that's how bad they are. So I am not at all confident <laughs> in this pick, but I, by principle, cannot choose Old Dominion. I'm going with Western Kentucky in this one, much for the same reason that I went with, um, that I went with Miami of Ohio. Old Dominion would win this game, would have a better chance of winning this game if they were playing a team from the ACC. Because they're playing another G5 foe, they will play their G5 ball. Western Kentucky will win. Uh, That is the most sound reasoning we have heard all podcast. Um, (laughs) Let us move on to the final game we are going to preview. Tuesday, December 19th, 
7 p.m. on ESPN, UTSA and Marshall uh, in the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl that you were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. I think this is going to be a fun game. UTSA favored by 13. I think that's hogwash. I think they do not know where their program is at right now. Um, like you said, everything's up in the air. But Marshall, I mean, they've been up in the air since September. So I don't know. I think this is another like chaotic game. Maybe not the highest scoring game, but a lot of like stupid plays, funny plays. You're going to have coaches screaming, getting veins on their face. Um, who are you taking in this one? Marshall is an absolute crapshoot. You never know what you're going to get. Are you going to get the team that was beating P5 opponents? Or are you going to get the team that's losing to bottom level G5 opponents? UTSA, what even are they right now? Nobody freaking knows. This is going to be, an like you said, this bowl is going to be absolute chaos. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I think this is probably going to be like, um, not like high-flying offense, but like not scoreless either. Maybe like a 24 to 27 type game. I think Marshall's going to win this game just for kicks and giggles. UTSA's time in the spotlight has been fun, but I think it's time to um, time to give Marshall their flowers. Um, oh, I, that, that was probably not good, given the fact that flowers are given out. Uh, never mind. <laughs> um, we're not going to go uh, down that rabbit hole. Well, all I'm going to say is that the Thundering Herd are going to win this football game. Uh, I. I definitely think they can. They had a really bad stretch in the middle of the season where they scored like six points, three games in a row. But then after that, they've been scoring 45 and 38. So I don't know. Like you said, they're a complete crapshoot. And I think UTSA is completely up in there. So regardless, we have an amazing slate of games the next couple of days. Make sure you're tuning in. You're following us on Instagram, join our Bowl Mania group. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be an amazing season uh, of bowls. Justin, do you have any parting thoughts before we get out of here? It is about midnight. It is just past midnight, so I think it's time to wrap it up, yeah? (laughs) My parting thoughts are thank you for listening to us ramble, um, especially as we get got towards the end of this bowl recap thing, or this bowl uh, preview thing. It's late. Our minds are not working. We should both be asleep by now, but here we are recording the podcast because we love doing this. We love sharing our random, crazy, dumb takes. We love taking sports way too seriously with our listeners. We we want this community to keep growing. Make sure you're leaving a review. Make sure you're doing all that. Make sure you're sharing it with your friends, sharing an Instagram post, because, dude, we got a lot more crazy takes for you. One of us is going to be singing like Bill Walton to a <laughs> Christmas song. I just, it's fun. Jared, I'm glad you're back. Welcome back. Thank you. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun doing this with you. I'm pumped. Go Royal Strong and True. I don't think we have a name for the Royal Strong and True fan base. Um, go team. Go team. In the works. We're going to workshop that. Um, <laughs> yes. We love you guys. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye.